1: Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark
2: Levin. Well, happy Friday to you, Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one on this Friday evening. It's always an honor to be with you tonight, and uh, all I can say is, haha. ha Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Beto O'Rourke has decided that it's time for him to stop scaring the living crap out of Americans and yelling at them about our evil AR-15 guns that he said a year ago we should be able to have. Now, then he says, you know, I'm going to take your guns, and now he's taken himself out of consideration for the White House because no one cared about him anymore. That's right, no one cared. Now, if you remember the flip-flop, which was Beto O'Rourke, the flip-flop of Beto work was a guy that was running against Ted Cruz about, what, a year ago? I mean, it seems like it was yesterday. And when he was running against him about a year ago, one of the things that happened which was hysterical was he was trying to act like he was a gun-loving, gun-toting person, right? Because he was all about guns then. And the reason why he was about guns is because he thought, well, guns are good, right? Because I got to be for guns because I'm in Texas, and so therefore I can't say I'm against guns. So he went on a local radio show in Texas, and this is what he had to say about guns when he was running against Ted Cruz. Here in the United States,
3: I own an AR-15, a lot of our listeners own AR-15s, why should they not have one? Um, To be clear, they should have them. If you purchase that AR-15, if you own it, keep it, Um, continue to use it responsibly. I I think Texas...
2: I I just love that. If you got an AR-15, you should have an AR-15. You should use that AR-15. Then he lost, but he was never really running for the Senate in Texas. He was really just running for president. And that was a way to get his name out to this part of the big, I'm going to launch Beto O'Rourke. And Beto O'Rourke's amazing. So then you move forward to the presidential election and Beto's floundering in the polls. And he says, oh, I know it'll get me back in the attention of and the good graces of the liberal media. Because when he did this play, uh, when he was on, I think it was it wasn't an ABC News debate when he did this, pulled this stunt, this hell yes, stunt yes. So he did it on ABC. And, and people don't understand, Beto was dying his campaign was in a death spiral and he needed to do something to get back in the good graces of the media because without the media you don't exist if you're a liberal the liberals decide who the winner and the loser is the democratic primary if you don't believe me call hillary clinton if you don't believe her uh, and how important the media was call bernie sanders Bernie Sanders had the media against him once the media decided that Hillary Clinton was their candidate. And he had, and even the, the De- Democratic National Committee was able to fix an election to make sure that he was irrelevant at the end of the game. So what Beto did was he said, okay, I got to figure out a way to become relevant and get the media to love me. And by the way, if you don't remember, this actually did work really well for him. It worked incredibly well because it, it saved his campaign from you know September death all the way till November the one November first. I mean that's a, that's a, just having this one moment because the media then said, well, all right, maybe we should let Beto O'Rourke survive for a little bit, and so he went out on stage and he said, here, media, you need to help me. I need your help. I'm going to say something that will get you to love me. And this is what he had to say at that debate where he was trying to get back on the good graces, be one of the chosen ones of the Democratic media. Take a listen. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're
3: not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans
2: anymore. Hell yes! Throw in a hell, and then a yes, and then everybody will freak out, and the audience went nuts, and the media went nuts, and they all about had a little mini political... Can I say orgasm on the radio? Is that possible? Am I allowed to say that, guys? It it, it was a political media orgasm for Beto O'Rourne. It was the tingle up your leg because... And Miss Producer, play it again, because you can hear the audience. You had a hardcore socialist audience listening to this debate. You had a man that was walking down a road to literally loneliness and despair irrelevance, and he stopped the bus and he said, hell yes, and I'm going to be a socialist and I'm going to take away your guns, and the media and and the audience, hit it again, loved him for it. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47.
3: We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore.
2: Now, what is the takeaway from this? That is the big question that everyone should be asking themselves. What is the actual takeaway from Beto O'Rourke dropping out? I'll tell you exactly what the takeaway is. The takeaway is that the American people do not have an appetite for this type of socialism that the media is obsessed with selling you and slamming down your throat. You look at what's happening right now with impeachment, and trust me, we're going to get to all the impeachment crap in a moment, and I'll tell you exactly why I'm not afraid of it, why I'm not nervous, why I laugh at it. I think it's hysterical. I want to make that very clear. I think all this is absolutely hysterical. What is going on with this obsession with impeachment? Because I I truly believe it is going to backfire. And I'll explain why. But Beto O'Rourke is a perfect example of this. Beto O'Rourke thought the best option for him to connect with the American people was to say, hell yes, I'm going to confiscate your weapons. He actually believed that this was the best option out there for him. This is what he thought. He thought this was, he, he thought this was the best, I mean, he thought this was the best option to get him back in good graces. I want to go to your phone calls on this and see what you think about tonight. 1-877-381-3811, one 381 3811 If there's anything that the Democratic Party should take away from Beto dropping out and having to drop out so quickly, it is exactly what I just described to you. They are trying to sell us a socialist bill of goods. That is what they are trying to sell us. They are trying to sell us a socialist bill of goods, including confiscating of your weapons. And yes, it gave a tingle up the leg to the audience that night in September. But at the end of the day, the American people rejected this. And by the way, the American people that rejected Beto O'Rourke are actually the socialist liberals. Even, even the Democrats said, this guy's too crazy for me. This guy is too extreme for me. This guy is nuts. I can't handle this guy. He's too kooky for me. He's too radical. He's too extreme. I am not going to give up my AR-15 because some guy in Congress who lost running for Senate, who's now going to lose for the presidency, is telling me that I must give up my gun. That is the reality of the situation. That is what we are actually talking about right now. You, you look at this, okay? And you look at what we're really talking about here. And this is an individual that wanted to disarm the American people and wanted to go door-to-door and wanted to confiscate your guns. And when he was challenged on it and it didn't work, he goes, oh, well, I'm just kidding. I'm not really going to confiscate your guns. Well, then how are you going to get the guns from the American people? Well, they're going to just turn them in. Well, what if they don't turn them in? Well, we might confiscate them, but we're not going to use police to confiscate them. But then, hell yes, we're going to take your guns. This is why you can't trust socialists. They never tell you what their real intentions are. And even when they tell you what their intentions are, they may change tomorrow. He's running for Senate, and what does he say? He says, oh, are you, if you have an AR-15, you should own that AR-15. You should have the right to keep that AR-15. You should, I support you. You should use it responsibly. There are no problems with your AR-15. Fast forward, running for president. Going to change it all. Yes, we need to take away your AR-15. Hell yes, we're going to take it. We're going to confiscate it. We're going to go door to door. Just kidding, we're not. The American people didn't like that. Okay, never mind. Let me backpedal on it. Let me run back the other way and tell you that I'm not going to do what I just told you I was going to do, which is different from what I told you we were going to do a month ago, which was different than what I told you six months ago, which was different than what I told you 15 months ago. I'm sad Beto dropped out. I love this guy. He was great for Donald Trump. He was great for the conservative movement. And the reason why is because he reminds you he was dumb enough to say what liberals actually believe. He was dumb enough to say it out loud. People have been saying to me, we got to get rid of the AOCs and, the, and, and the, the Elam Omars of the world. There's part of me that, that, that literally, and, and, and we've had this debate before, that say, I kind of like them because they're actually stupid enough to say. They are, they, are, they are dumb enough to say what all the other liberals that are a little bit smarter hide and say behind closed doors. It goes back to this whole impeachment thing, and we're going to get into this in a minute. But the impeachment thing is pretty simple. What are the Democrats, what is their obsession with impeachment? Their obsession with impeachment is very clear. If you can't beat Donald Trump, then impeach Donald Trump. That's what it is. If you can't impeach him, or if you can't beat him, then impeach him. That's been their plan since day one. All these Democrats on TV yesterday, Adam Shifty Schiff saying, well, you know, it brings us no joy (coughs) to impeach the president. Hillary Clinton saying the exact same thing about, well, you know, sometimes you just have to investigate. You have to move forward, but it doesn't bring us any joy to do this. Are you kidding me? Nobody went to Congress. Nancy Pelosi said yesterday to impeach Donald Trump. Uh, That's a lie. I can give you a great montage, and Mr. Producer, if you can find that montage again, of all the Democrats over and over again saying impeach 45. It started the night he was elected. There was, a a lot of people don't realize how quick the impeachment argument started. If you look back at history, and you actually look back to when impeachment started, when they really started talking about impeachment, how long, how long did it take? for people to be obsessed over impeachment. It was within hours. Nancy Pelosi says, oh, well, no one came to Congress to impeach the president. They're lying to the American people. They've been wanting to try to impeach Donald Trump for more than three years now. And there were articles that were written. There were articles that were written about this. From day one, it's been clear from the first day that Donald Trump was, won the election, especially the day he was sworn in, the Democrats had one goal, one goal, only to reverse the results of a free and fair election and to have a coup and to take Donald Trump out of office. That is exactly why this happened one 877 381 Beto O'Rourke is out. I wish he wasn't. I really liked him. He was fun because he actually was dumb enough to say what Democrats actually believed. We'll have more on that coming up on The Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. Mark Levin.
0: And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimis absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimis.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimis, dot .hillsdale.edu. Welcome to Hillsdale.
2: All right. Welcome back. It is uh, the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He'll be back with you on Monday. You know, these Democrats have come out on impeachment. And by the way, Beto's out of the race. (laughs) I I love it. One thing about Beto, though, and and I have always said you need to learn from the left and what they're doing. If there's anything that people should have learned from Beto O'Rourke, is that a lot of these people wouldn't even exist in the Socialist Democratic Party if it wasn't for Donald Trump. Hear me out before you say what. Why do you think Beto O'Rourke and all these other crazies like Ilham Omar and AOC and, you know, the the, the Castro brothers felt like they should come out and just go full-blown socialists, round up your guns, give college tuition to illegal immigrants, have open borders, the list goes on and on. Why do you think that they did that? Serious question. They did it because they actually thought that there was some sort of appetite. They, they did. They thought there was an appetite for socialism because of what Donald Trump had done. And so Beto O'Rourke came out and goes, okay, well, if Donald Trump being in your face and blunt and all these things work for his side of the aisle, then surely it's going to work for mine side. So now I get to come out and actually be crazy. I get to be full-blown socialist. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come out, I'm going to be full-blown socialist, and people will love me. And that's the reason why he did this 180 of, oh, I'm obsessed with guns, I'm going to take your guns, and guns, 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 guns. That's what happened here. Everybody needs to understand that. This was all because of Donald Trump. These other people came about because they thought, well, if he can pull this off on his side of the aisle, being the blunt guy, then I can do it too. And it failed miserably because Donald Trump was actually giving people something. Make no mistake about this. Okay? Make no mistake about this. What Donald Trump was doing was Donald Trump was coming out saying, hey, I think you deserve to keep more of your own money. I'm going to give you a tax cut. Hey, I don't think the tax cuts should only go to the top 1%, and that's the reason why people see more money in their bank accounts. Hey, I think that we should lift regulations that are destroying American jobs, and it worked, and people lost their minds in the Democratic Party because they couldn't believe that they actually had something that was empowering people on in this country. Hey, I'm going to do things that will help the economy grow for minorities today. And I'll spend more time on this later. We have the lowest unemployment rate in the history of this country for African-Americans. Barack Obama didn't give that to you. In eight years, with almost a supermajority, Barack Obama did not give you the unemployment rates for the African-American community that Donald Trump is giving you. Yet, all the media will say, anytime a Democrat runs out there and says, you're a bigot, you're racist, you're a homophobe, they'll print it. Donald Trump's a racist. Do racists give you the lowest unemployment rate in history for African Americans? I would argue no. See, I'm not an emotional person. I'm a facts person. And when these Democrats come out, they're like, well, we gives us no pride to impeach the president? I'm sorry. I'm calling BS. I'm calling BS. You want to know why? The Washington Post... And this is just proof that this has been three years in the making. It's the reason why I'm not afraid of impeachment. I think it's stupid. I think it's going to backfire. I think the day they decide to do this, on September the 24th, I tweeted it out. And I'm not going to delete this tweet. It'll stay up there. I I put it up there. Mark my word on the 24th of this month. That was back in September. I said, Donald Trump wins re-election. Because the American people are really smart. And they understand that when you're doing something like what he's doing right now, you don't go full-blown crazy. You don't go psychotic socialist and, start, and, and empower somebody like Beto Rourke to take away people's guns. You look at Elizabeth Warren right now. Look at what she's doing. She would bankrupt this country in one year if she got her way just on Medicare for All. That doesn't count any of our other programs she wants to do. And if you don't think Democrats have been planning this impeachment since day one, let me remind you the Washington Post. They published a piece entitled, quote, The Case for Impeaching Trump Now Begins 19 Minutes After He Was Sworn into Office. This was a premeditated coup orchestrated and planned by the deep state, by those uh, uh, around the top of James Comey, Brennan, all of these other guys. Clapper, they there there was a plan in Washington, and the Washington Post published the piece 19 minutes after Donald Trump was sworn in, the case for impeaching Trump now begins. They've been planning this for over three years, and I'm glad they're doing it. I'll explain why. Coming up next on the Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in. Much more ahead.
1: Ben Show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark
2: now at 877 381 Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. I'll be back with you on Monday. So Beto Rourke is out. He's done. He's not, I guess he's not going to come take our guns anymore, right? Um. <laughs> Hell yes, we're going to come get your AR-15s. Now we got to move on to this issue of impeachment there are some new interesting numbers out on impeachment. And if you don't think this has been orchestrated since the very beginning, you're, you're insane. Okay, this has been orchestrated since the very beginning. Everybody knows it. Um, you had moments after, and I, I, this headline, again, I, I love the headline, the Washington Post first published a piece entitled how the case for impeaching Trump now begins 19 minutes after he was sworn into office. They had already premeditated impeaching the President of the United States of America before he'd even finished his first hour of being the President of the United States of America. So when people act like this is some big deal that we've moved forward, no, it is not a big deal. Everybody knew it was it was coming. I'll, I'll give you another great example. You, you look at this nut job, Steve Cohen. the guy, Remember the guy whose biggest accomplishment his entire life was eating a bucket of chicken and carrying around a porcelain chicken? In Congress, what, six, seven months ago? That dude, literally, his district is on fire with the second most dangerous city in America. Failing schools, high crime, high poverty, high rape, high infant mortality. And the only thing he's accomplished in the last three years since Donald Trump was elected is running around screaming, holding a porcelain chicken and eating a bucket of chicken that the sky is falling and Donald Trump, we're going to impeach him because he's been helping plan the coup. This is all the Democrats had to offer. And, and, and Steve Cohen is just the, the, the idiot that I can point to of the moment. The in, the incompetent, narcissist, crazy Democrat who's out there running around with a bucket of chicken going, we have to impeach Donald Trump because why? We don't like him. That's not how our Constitution works. That's not how any of this works. And they say, well, overwhelmingly, the majority of the American people are in favor of impeachment. That also is not true. Now, I'll play you this montage of Democrats, you know, and they've been selling this. You would think about this. If you spent as much time as, this, as the Democrats have spent trying to soft-sell impeachment, okay? And that's what they've been doing. They've been soft-selling this for three years. You would think that overwhelming the majority of the American people would be in favor of impeachment because, I mean, they have received tr- probably hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars in free media, from, from the insane media who have been going on every day for three years, breaking news, impeachment possibility. Well, this could be impeachment. Here's the montage. If you don't believe me, take a listen.
4: Do you, do you personally think impeachment should be considered? I think it should. it's we begin impeachment proceedings now. And that uh, we've got to impeach him
3: and get rid of him. My sole focus right now uh, is to make sure that he's not the president
2: uh, next term. My sole focus.
4: We're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the mother...
2: We're going to launch an Article 3 impeachment.
5: In the question of impeachment,
6: it's about time. Nadler is, I hope he's not following the rules. Congress should take the steps
1: towards impeachment.
4: We're going to have to prosecute this.
1: We're going to have to do it. We're going to have to impeach. Impeachment is still on the table. Absolutely. It's always
4: on the table. We
6: cannot accept
4: a, a second term. For Donald Trump if we don't impeach this president he will get reelected it's time to stop this nonsense they think they're gonna win
0: did you see the one man he said it's the only way we're gonna beat him in 2020 they have to do this the only way they well that's a compliment I guess but think of what he said it's the only way they're gonna beat me and actually it's working the other way because now we have our best poll numbers that we've ever had yeah, it's crazy it's
2: crazy. Now, you, you hear the president there responding, and I, I wanted you to, to, to hear this because I think it was really important. I, I wanted you to hear uh, this, this impeachment because you can, and Nancy Pelosi, we have to stop him. This is, this is what they have put everything on the line, to overthrow this president, to say we don't care about the will of the people, we're going to overthrow a government because that's what we do. This goes back to somebody that I know very well that works on the Democratic Party, and they were meeting about this. They said over and over again, they had different members of Congress, the, the nutjob AOCs of the world, the Alamo Omars, the, the, the eat a bucket of chicken incompetent idiots, Steve Cohen's, and they're out there, and they're, 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 their mantra is, their chant is, if we can't beat them, impeach them, if we can't. Beat him, impeach him. I want you to think about that. This is nothing more than an organized coup they've been doing for three years. And that's just one of of two montages that we can play for you today that explain to you exactly what they're doing. Mr. Producer, we have that second one ready. I want to play it because there's another montage Of this obsession with impeachment that they will not let go, and now finally they're doing it. I'm saying, hurry up and get it over with. Take a listen. The only harm that I may be doing to the president is I want him impeached.
4: I would, uh, I would, I would support impeachment. I think that, um, you know, we have the grounds to do it because we're going to go in there. We're going to impeach the
1: exactly. I think we are essentially in the beginning of an impeachment
3: process. I think that there is. a lot of momentum towards an impeachment inquiry.
1: Yes, exactly what I feel. Uh, I think we've already begun it. We have to get ready for impeachment with this president.
7: The time has come, Mr. Speaker, for the House of Representatives to begin an impeachment inquiry into President Trump. It's time for us to impeach this president.
3: I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected.
2: Uh, by the way, when, when Democrats came out yesterday, Nancy Pelosi said no one at her big press conference yesterday. She was like, well, no one ran for office. Uh, wanting to impeach Donald Trump. That's a lie. You just heard people. AOC was one of them. As a candidate. Yes, I wouldn't support impeachment. She hasn't even been elected yet. She's running for office. or asking questions. Would you impeach? Yes, I would. So you're nothing but a bunch of liars. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. I do read your tweets, so you can also, if you want to tweet at me, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter, Facebook. You can send me a message as well, Ben Ferguson Show on Facebook, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter. Let me get to your phone calls. I'll go first to Jacob in Detroit. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello, Ben. Thanks for
8: taking the call. First time caller. Great Good to know.
2: talk to you, brother.
8: This, this is how I see it and how I've seen it from the last couple of years. It's been a real comical and real educational experience watching it all kind of go down. But Donald Trump basically in a nutshell caught, caught them off guard. And Donald Trump it represents a whole lot more than, than just him winning the election. And people need to keep in mind what an election represents. You know, it not just represents that you think one person is better than the other, but it represents a whole ideology. It represents all the influence that the media and all the outlets, all their polls, everything. Well, his election kind of blew all that up and kind of showed how much credit, how much power they really did not have. He represents, in my opinion, for the first time, the first American president of essentially social media and independent news in, in, oh, in which outlet.
2: which by the way, you bring up a great point about this because and I was going to talk about this later in the show, but you, you bring up a great point that, that needs to be mentioned. Why why do you think that why do you think that Twitter announced no more political ads? I'll tell you exactly why. They know that when conservatives can go around the media and go directly to the American people on social media, that it's powerful. It's much more valuable for a Republican to be able to advertise on social media than for Democrats, because Democrats always have the actual media doing their dirty work for them and telling their lives and overlooking their lives and protecting them from their lives.
8: Absolutely. And what, what the Democrats are being exposed as is a party that thinks and makes their decisions upon a linear way of thinking. And when you think upon a linear way of thinking, you think upon a straight line, and therefore you go back in history You repeat the same thing that you think have worked, that that you think at least have worked in the past. Example, they always play the race card. They've been doing that ever since their original party's beginnings. They go back and they've had... You know, they've seen that. It, well,
2: and it look at, let's look at the race card for a second. How can you claim that Donald Trump is a racist when unemployment rates, not for the first, but now the second time in history, have hit a new all-time low for African-Americans? If you're a racist, are you going to actually help an economy that puts African-Americans uh, at employment numbers that they've never experienced or seen be- before? A racist doesn't do that.
8: Well, you're speaking to someone from that community, and I'm 43 years old. And so I'm old enough to remember to remember the last 20, you know, 30-some-odd years for the most part. And what I can tell you is that I remember the Donald Trump of the 80s, okay? And being a racist was not a—it <laughs> wasn't even a fourth—one like, of his best friends is Don freaking Kane. Now— um, I, I dare, I mean, I double-dog dare any liberal, black or white, to question Don King's blackness, okay, uh, and question if he's going to be friends with someone who he thinks is uh, is, is a racist. Um, I don't give a damn if it's, excuse my language, I'm not sure, if, but I, I don't care if it's money on the table or not. But I, I, it's, it's amazing to to watch the Democrats play this card What they hope to in front of what they hope to be a young audience,
2: who well, and, I, and, I, and I think, the, you know, you look at these impeachment numbers, and we're going to talk about these coming up in a minute, because the impeachment numbers, the, you know, the, the left and media have been coming out saying, oh, well, impeachment seems very popular. Yeah, it may be popular in New York City. It may be popular in Washington, D.C. It may be popular in L.A. It may be popular in liberal Northeast. It is not popular in, in swing states. And that's where I say do this. I'm telling you, the biggest mistake that Democrats have ever made is going for impeachment because the American people understand what a coup looks like when they see it. And the other thing was, if you were going to do this, then you should have done it based on one thing and not talked about it for three years, not had articles written about it in the New York and the Washington Post, you know, less than a half hour after the president's been elected saying, well, the case for impeachment starts right now. If you're going to do it, you should have done it quickly and made it look like it was somewhat legitimate, not just a three-year, we can't get our way, and again, now it's coming down to the election. It is what it is. It is truly now, if you can't beat him, impeach him. That's what this is. We don't feel like we can beat him. We cannot trust that the American people are going to elect us on election day because we remember there was a ninety-plus percent chance. All the newspapers said that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president of the United States of America. It was a foregone conclusion. She won the thing, and they can't control the American people now. So now they figure, well, we, let's just we got to impeach him, and that'll that'll be the way we fix this, I guess. We just impeach him, Jacob. I appreciate the phone call. One eight seven seven three eight one. 3811 1877 381 3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. You can tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show, Facebook and Twitter, much more coming up. We'll be right back. Mark Levin.
0: Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice, a series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for hillsdale.com.
2: dumb the media is. I'll tell you exactly how dumb they are. They've been going like wall-to-wall coverage all day long on Donald Trump changing his official residency from New York City to Florida to save like 13% tax. And then they go out there and they actually talk to people that are like hate Donald Trump and they're like, good riddance, we hate him, get the hell out of here, yada, yada, yada. And again, it just it's one of those things that just makes me laugh. You, you are literally helping Donald Trump while you think you're hurting him. Donald Trump is saying to the people of New York, you're paying too much in taxes, so much so that I'm willing to move my residency to Florida because they have better tax base there and I'm not going to waste another 12% of my income. And they cover it like it's a scandal. So so the scandal is that you have a president that's not an idiot with his own tax dollars. That's the scandal. The scandal is that Donald Trump's smart enough to know that there's no reason to pay undue taxes in New York when they're taxing people out of their own hard-earned dollars. I mean, I, you, I, I'm coming from you tonight. I'm in Texas right now. And somebody walked up to me, and they were talking about the wildfires. I was traveling. I was, I was at Politicon speaking in, in Nashville, and then a CPAC event after that. And I was sitting next to somebody on the plane. They were heading home because of the, the wildfires. And they were talking about the rolling blackouts that they're having. It's causing a lot of problems out there. And I'm like, yeah, in Texas, we don't, we don't have rolling blackouts. We don't have those in Arkansas and Tennessee and Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama. You know, all those flyover, Kentucky. We don't have rolling blackouts. We don't have insane taxes either. We don't have an income tax. Because we actually are like what's left of this bastion of freedom in America where the government doesn't control every single aspect of our lives. (coughs) Excuse me. And this goes back to the impeachment numbers I was talking to you about a moment ago. They have overplayed this. And they've said, well, the American people overwhelmingly are in favor of impeachment. It depends on where you're polling. If you're polling people that love being overtaxed in New York, then yes, you're probably right. And they do hate Donald Trump. I have no reason to say that's not true. I believe that. But if you look at impeachment in the states where it matters and there's, in politics, there, there is what we call stupid data and data that I care about. I don't care about national polls. You want to know why? Because it doesn't matter. It's stupid data. And if you don't believe me, call Hillary Clinton and ask her how her national poll data worked for her on Election Day. I care about battleground states. There are a certain number of states that I know that are going to go for one guy, and there are a certain number of states that I know are going to go for another guy. Based on if they have an R by their name or a D by their name. And I know that because I'm a realist and I understand it. I've worked on presidential campaigns. This is not my first rodeo. And people are like, well, Donald Trump, you know, more than 50% of Americans believe that Donald Trump should be impeached. No, that's not what the poll said. But before you even get to that, let's just look at the battleground states, because that's really the only place that matters. Whether you want to admit it or not, the only place that matters is the battleground states on this issue of impeachment. And it is not popular. It is the opposite of popular. It's controversial. Arizona, 52% oppose impeachment. The new New York Times, Siena College poll. That means it's unpopular in Arizona. Florida, 53% oppose impeachment. Michigan, 51% oppose it. Only 42% support it. North Carolina, 53% oppose it. 43% are in favor of it. Pennsylvania, 52% oppose it. 45% are in favor of it. Wisconsin, 51% oppose impeachment. Only 45% are in favor of it. This is the reason why I told you I'm not afraid of impeachment. Do it. Is one of those Congresswomen said, impeach the mother, you remember that part? Do it, I beg you. Own it. Because you guys are going to have to live with this. Impeach him. Go ahead and do it because you add up all those battleground states. What that means is 52% of the people in those states oppose impeachment, only 44% support it. I'll quote her, impeach the mother. Yeah, go ahead and do it. You guys are a bunch of idiots. Please impeach him. Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one. We'll be right back.
7: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
2: So if you missed the first hour of the program, uh, Beto O'Rourke is out. That's right, the guy that was going to take away your guns. Hell yes, I'm taking away your AR-15s. Yeah, he's gone. (laughs) One socialist down. We got, what, a dozen more to go? Welcome. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be back with you on Monday. Uh, Beto O'Rourke was very much created uh, because of Donald Trump. That's something that a lot of people don't understand. This guy saw... Donald Trump completely unraveled the swamp of the Republican Party and beat him. And Beto O'Rourke said, you know what, I think I can be a socialist and do the same thing. He thought he could do it in Texas against Ted Cruz. And he didn't really care if he won or lost, to be honest with you, because he knew what the media was going to do. He knew what the Democratic Party was going to do. He had money flowing in. And this is going to be my three-minute analysis of what you can learn from the experiment, which was Beto O'Rourke. We should always try to learn from the enemy. And politically, the enemy is the Democratic Party. And politically, the enemy is a guy like Beto O'Rourke who wants to literally come and confiscate my guns. Beto O'Rourke was an experiment. Run in a really conservative state and see if you can do it competitively. Against a guy like Ted Cruz, which many thought was basically at the time untouchable in Texas, raise money not inside your state from outside of your state, and then use that as a launching pad after losing to run for the White House. And it worked because the media wanted Ted Cruz to lose. You've seen this since Donald Trump was elected that any, any race that they can try to influence nationwide, they will do whatever they can do to try to influence it nationwide. They will come in, national media, and give you everything they can put behind you all the Sunday morning talk shows, all the primetime shows on the networks they'll give you New York Times articles that are better bigger and better than what even is written about you locally in your entire career that's what they do and Beto O'Rourke was 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 getting money hand over foot from California and from New York and from other liberal states in America I mean hand over foot the money was flowing in and he was being funded not by Texans he was being funded by Whatever it is, whatever you want to call the Democratic machine, the same machine that gave you Hillary Clinton and her disaster of a campaign, and then they said, "All right, Beto, look how well you did. You you, you know, you did your job. You scared Cruz, but now we got your name recognition, so now we're going to prop you up." But then they found other extremists they like better. They found Elizabeth Warren. And they thought, you know what, maybe we need another woman. And if Hillary Clinton would have had an ounce of likability, she would have won. And we think Elizabeth Warren can win because she's more likable than Hillary Clinton. That's what it really boiled down to. And we like Elizabeth Warren because, yeah, even though she lies about being a minority and she gained the system by lying about being a minority, even though she has a plan that would literally bankrupt this country on with, with Medicare for all that would – that would. And, and Joe Biden, by the way, was absolutely right. And, Mr. Producer, I don't know if you can find this audio, but when, when Joe Biden at the last Democratic debate called out Elizabeth Warren saying – you can't do Medicare for All. It would destroy this country and it would cost us our entire military and all the spending and everything. If you shut it down, it would only, you would only have enough money from all of that to fund Medicare for All for four months. He's right. He's telling the truth. Joe Biden was right in the debate to say what he said then. But many of these crazies in the media don't care because they love Elizabeth Warren. They love the idea of Elizabeth Warren. They don't care that she made up who she was as a minority. They don't care that she took money from real minorities. They don't care that she took an opportunity away from uh, uh, minorities at the university level and scholarship money at the university level. They don't care that she literally stole from actual minorities because if they did, they would have crucified her by now and they haven't done that because they don't care. They don't care. Because right now, she fits what they wanted. Now, remember, the media loved Bernie Sanders last time. This time, they're done with him. Bernie Sanders is now the crazy guy from the Up movie. He's, he, he's, he's, he is old news because he's too old for the Democrats. And honestly, I think they believe that he's not crazy enough for them. And that's why they like Elizabeth Warren. That's why they like the Kamala Harrises, That's why they like the Beto O'Rourke's the Cory Bookers, they want full-blown socialists that's packaged a little bit better than what Bernie Sanders packages at. Because Bernie Sanders will tell you the truth. He'll tell you that it's going to cost you all this money. He'll tell you he's going to tax the rich. He'll tell you all the things that people don't want him to say, because it's hard to sell it. He'll tell you all of it, every bit of it. He'll tell you why it's going to cost so much and how much it's going to cost, and he'll tell you that it's going to fundamentally change this country and you won't recognize it afterwards. He will tell you all of that. So now you got Beto who's gone, and what do you learn from it? You learn, you learn this. Beto O'Rourke is proof. Beto O'Rourke is proof of what actually can happen when you have a machine behind you. When you have a machine, the democratic machine, you can be a guy that comes out of oblivion as long as you are a socialist and they will figure out a way to support you and encourage you and fund you. Because the machine wants to take away your guns. They want a candidate that says, hell yes, I'm going to take away your guns. That is what they want. 1-800- or 1-877- One of the socialists is down. we got many more coming. Let's get to your phone calls now. Uh, We'll go to Susan in Tampa, Florida. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. How are you, Susan?
6: Good, thank you. How are you?
2: Doing well. Give me your thoughts.
6: Okay, I wanted to make a quick comment about gun control. But first, I wanted to quickly say that on the... On the impeachment thing, I think the Mueller investigation, they knew it was totally weak, but they used it to extend it as long as they could to smear the president, and it interfered with the midterms. Now I think they know the impeachment is totally, you know, I'm pretty sure they know that they're not going to impeach him, but they'll use it to smear him as much as possible, to keep it going as long as possible, to interfere with 2020. And, um... On gun control, I work in the petition field here in Florida, and I work in particular on a Second Amendment issue right now. And I'm in a conservative area. I'm actually in Citrus County, and it's important not to become complacent, even though Beto O'Rourke has gone down. And oh, look—he
2: look, went down because they moved on to another other socialist they like better.
6: Y- yes, yes, absolutely. He just didn't have the momentum anymore. But on the gun control issue, what always lately surprises me is even some gun owners will tell me that even though they own a gun, it's totally okay with them if they ban those assault weapons. And people have been successfully manipulated and dumbed down, if you will. They don't understand the Bill of Rights. They don't understand a lot of things about our, our government, our, you know, the, the Constitution and so forth, and that we're a republic, a republic not a democracy. But I just, I'm just trying to say I don't think we should be complacent. I mean, Bail work. I think the other candidates got mad at him because he revealed what they all want to do. And they don't want to come out and say it that boldly, and he did. And they're all going to do the same things. They're all in lockstep. The Democrats are very successful. The MSM behind them. They're all marching to the same orders, and it's mostly George Soros' money that's behind all these things coordinating it. They're very coordinated. They always say the exact same
2: I, I agree, but I also think, though, there is a the, – you look at the Democratic Party just in general, okay? If you can't run on the economy – that takes a huge thing off the table. You can't even criticize it, right? I mean, it's bad now. Um, so, what else is left for Democrats, right? You can't run on on the economy. That's number one, okay? Um, you can't run off of a uh, of fear of a recession coming because the job numbers just came out were through the roof and they were incredible. I mean these these I mean we had huge October payroll numbers. They beat the estimates. One hundred twenty eight thousand jobs added, and then. You have a hard time galvanizing minorities, and minorities don't need the Democratic Party as much as they did when Obama was in office. You have African-American unemployment rate hits an all-time new low. And, yeah, you can yell as much as you want to that Trump's a racist, Trump's a racist. Racists don't lower unemployment rates to all-time low for minorities if they're actually a racist. Donald Trump has been able to do something that, that Barack Obama... Never did. Remember, the, the best defense of Barack Obama economy for minorities was Jesse Jackson at a church saying it's an honor to be a food stamp president because he had more people on food stamps than at any other time in history. Any other time in history. And he, and, and he came out and he was like, well, it's an honor to be a food stamp president. That was the best thing they could do. And they said, show your love, show your appreciation for Obama, because basically Obama had had put people literally in the definition of living hell in America as a minority. And they defended it by saying it's an honor to feed people in poverty more than ever before, having more people drop below the poverty line than at any other time in modern political history. And that's how they spun it. This guy's saying, I don't want you to live in poverty. I want you to have a job, a good job. I want you to have lower taxes. I want you to be able to take care of yourself. And I don't want you to be dependent on the government like a modern-day slave, which is what Obama did to the African-American community.
6: Absolutely. And there are blacks that are waking up. But the thing is that mainstream media has successfully co-opted the ears of a lot of people. I mean, when people tell me how much they hate Trump or they say to me he's a racist, I say, have you ever really listened to him, or do you just listen to the news? And they're they are they're adamant that they're right. And these are the people that are just listening to the mainstream, you know, CNN, MSNBC, and so forth. they They parrot it, and you know they've never listened to him because there are those people that just are closed off. So I'm just saying it's a fine line, even sure. in a conservative area. It still surprises me how many people— well, and there's, you know, the opposite.
2: No, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. But I, I go back to these, you know, go back to impeachments for a second. What are you impeaching Donald Trump over? You're impeaching him over the fact you don't like him. This is what a coup is. This is a modern day coup. That is what this is. Period. 1 381 3811. Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one. you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'll read your comments. at Ben Ferguson show on Twitter, we'll be right back.
1: Much Love
0: It's been reported that Americans are overpaying on car insurance by over 21 billion dollars. But searching for a better deal can take hours and typically results in a barrage of unwanted spam calls. Until now, thanks to the zebra.com. free you can save up to six hundred and seventy dollars a year using thezebra.com whatever your economic situation the zebra is committed to helping you save how much can you save on car and home insurance go today and start saving at the slash levin that's thezebra.com slash levin spelled t-h-e-z-e-b-r-a.com slash l-e-v-i-n
2: Reminded, since Beto O'Rourke has now dropped out of the presidential race, let's just go through the list of things that Beto should lose, uh, t- should, should learn from him quitting, dropping out. He's a quitter now. <laughs> Number one, you can't impeach the president because he hurt your feelings. Beto tried to play that off. It didn't work. Number two, you can't impeach the president because you're a sore loser, and he's now officially literally the definition of a loser. Actually, he was a loser when he lost to Ted Cruz. So he's a loser twice over now. You can't impeach a president because Russian collusion didn't work out for you. And and now you, you can't beat the president running on socialism if your name's Beto just because you don't like the president. And, and so now we are going through official impeachment hearings. And I'll go back to this. You, you can't impeach a president because you can't win in 2020. And the Democrats are going to try to prove me wrong on that one too. This coming from a party that's so desperate to figure out a way to find a subject, a topic, because guns didn't work, and we tried that. Democrats are so desperate to find something to connect with the American people with that now the new Democratic plan for Medicare for All, remember, Getting your guns was the end of Beto O'Rourke. Now they have a plan for a 42% national sales tax. Hear me out. You understand what I mean by this. If you're a Democrat who supports Medicare for all, there was a great article that said, pick your poison. You can ruin your political career and your party by imposing a new sales tax, a gargantuan income tax hike, or a surtax on corporate income that would wreck thousands of businesses. Supporters of Medicare for All, the huge single-payer government health care back plan that's backed by Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, several other Democratic presidential candidates says, it's, says that, you know, well, we'll figure out how to pay for it. Now And now, now she's got some sort of, I don't know, weird, fuzzy math numbers, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But if you look at the, the, the analysis and the estimates of what Medicare for All would cost you, it would require at least $3 trillion in new spending. That's about as much tax revenue as the government brings in now in an entire year. So if you paid for it through new taxes, federal taxation would have to roughly double in this country. Now, there was one person running for president, Mr. Producer, if you'll get Joe Biden ready on him, talking about how you can't do this, right? Like you literally can't do this. Joe Biden at the last debate said something that I totally agreed with. He told the truth about Elizabeth Warren's plan, which was picking up steam, which is vote for me and I'll give you free college. I'll, I'll cancel out all your college debt. Oh, and I'll give you free health care, but it's not free. And Joe Biden said, it sounds great, but you're crazy. And here's Joe Biden in his own words. I couldn't agree more
4: with him. The, the tax of 2% that the Senator's talking about, that raises about $3 billion. Guess what? That leaves you about $28 billion short. The senator said before it's going to cost you in your pay. There will be a deductible in your paycheck. You're going to the middle class person, someone making 60 grand with three kids. They're going to end up paying $5,000 more. They're going to end up paying 4% more on their income tax. That's a reality. Now, it's not a bad idea. If you like it, I don't like it.
2: Yeah, I love the audience. Did you hear the audience there? Like they're gasping at, that, that that Joe Biden did math. That's what they're gasping at. They're gasping at the fact that he would, wouldn't lie to you and he told you the truth. That's what he just gasped at. That's what he literally just completely lost it over. He lost it the audience. He lost the audience over telling the truth about the numbers, the numbers that say you can't do this. It doesn't work. Your math doesn't work. You can't do this. 1-877-381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. I'll come back get your reaction on that. And these new unemployment numbers: lowest unemployment ever for African Americans. What does that mean for Elizabeth Warren? So more about that coming.
0: Do you know what we do at Levin TV on the Blaze TV Network? Well, we give you intelligent content you won't see anywhere else.
1: The voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811.
2: Donald Trump just came out and said public hearings uh, on impeachment probe will only help me. I think he's absolutely right about that. We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Marco Levin, he'll be back with you on Monday. I want to get your phone calls in here, one 877 381 thirty eight eleven. All right, let me remind you before we get to the historic new numbers that have just come out, black unemployment drops yet again to the lowest level in the history of the United States of America. Now of course Democrats are going to figure out a way to say that Donald Trump's a racist over this, right? Because that's what you got to do. You got to say this is racist. You got to say that Donald Trump is is a racist. I want to remind you what life was actually like for African Americans under Donald Trump or excuse me, before Donald Trump, under Barack Obama. There was a guy by the name of Jesse Jackson that had the terrible job of actually going out and trying to defend how bad the economy was for African Americans when you had more African Americans who were under government food to survive food stamps than at any other time in modern political history. And so he went out to a church and he said this about Barack Obama, having more people in failure, in poverty, living in hell than at any other time in modern history for African Americans. Take a listen. See, it's an honor
5: to be a food stamp president. Food stamps feed the hungry. Food stamps save the children. Food stamps helps the farmer. Food stamps helps the truck driver. Food stamps helps the warehouse. Food stamps kept the store food stamps, hire people and feed people. Food stamps save people from starvation and malnutrition. Whenever you attack feeding the hungry, you undermine the moral
2: authority of our faith. Give President Barack Obama a big hand. Show your love, show your appreciation. Now Now let's be clear what he was saying there. What, what you heard there from Jesse Jackson is he believed that you should honor a president who gives you such bad unemployment numbers that you can't survive without the government giving you food, that you should honor the president for giving you and being dependent on him, which is exactly what socialism is. What Jesse Jackson was doing there is the same thing that they actually do in socialist countries. You come out in the streets and you honor a dictator, a leader, a tyrant who keeps you barely alive, living in hell. And if you don't, they may lock you up or you may disappear or you may go hungry. So you look at what Donald Trump has said. Call me a racist. I don't care. I'm still going to. Do great things for everyone in this country, which also includes African-Americans, and that's the reason why we have these unemployment numbers where they are, dropping to the lowest level ever. The unemployment rate for African-Americans fell to 5.4% in October, the lowest record in history since they've been taking unemployment numbers. This isn't like just a little blip on the radar screen either. This is the third consecutive month, and the media will not do anything on this. Let me make that clear. Because if you, they think that if you just don't tell African Americans how good things are, then they'll still vote for Democrats, and they'll still vote for the Socialists. And so we'll just not mention it. We won't report on it. We won't tell the good news. And then somehow we can hoodwink them to keep them in modern-day slavery, which is where we don't let them succeed. We don't want them to succeed. We purposely put them into failed economies so they're dependent on us for their food, so therefore they will vote for us because without us, they truly believe they cannot succeed that is modern day slavery now this is the third consecutive month of record low unemployment you had september at 5.5% matched the record set back in august now it's at 5.4% the unemployment rate for black men in this country hit a record low of 5.1% something that Barack Obama could have never have accomplished because he was a socialist 5.1% unemployment for African-American men in this country. That's down three-tenths from the prior month. That was the lowest, that, that, that was lower than the previous record of 5.2% set in December of 1973. You want to know some good news for mothers, for women? You know, when people talk about Donald Trump hates women, he's a sexist, he's, he, he's a chauvinist, he's, he's all these things when you have Michelle Obama taking shots at him, when you have Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton and all of them taking shots at him, saying he doesn't empower women, and then they, and then they, and then they run off of these pay women the same amount of money as men and these, and these wage caps, and they try to galvanize the, the women base. And they tell you, you're only a good woman if you vote for Elizabeth Warren. And, that's, and they're going to play the same card they played with Hillary Clinton. You're not a real feminist. You're not a real strong, independent woman unless you vote for who we tell you to this other woman. It was Hillary Clinton last time. They just changed the name now to, Hil- to, to Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris, whatever it is. But if you're, you're not a real woman unless you do this. You're not a real woman. You're not a true feminist. You're not a true independent unless you do this. Unemployment rate for black women is now in this country under, under Donald Trump's leadership at 4.8%. Not only is this president's policies helping all minorities, it's helping men specifically and women specifically, because all ships rise when the water comes higher. That's my way of dumbing it down for liberals that may be listening. This president's policies help all Americans. All Americans, not some Americans. When Donald Trump's tax cuts went into effect, they said it was only going to help the top one percent. The rich were going to get richer. It was going to be, it was going to hurt the middle class. And the complete opposites happened. They said the unemployment rates were going to go up, not down. The complete opposites that has happened. They've gone down. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me get back to your phone calls. Let me go to Steve. You are on the Mark Levin Show, filling in for the great one. How are you?
3: Great. Thanks for taking the call. I agree with you that the Democrats from day one have been looking for something to impeach and remove President Trump. I think that they were waiting with bated breath to see what the Mueller report said, to see if that would give them the support to move for impeachment when it that came back inconsistent and didn't really give them the level of proof that they were looking for they let go and they let it go but this time they think they have something that the president has done that is an impeachable offense and that could remove him from office yes they have been using all the procedural tricks that any representative would use no matter which party was at their disposal. Since they are the leading party, they're going to play the the, the procedures the best way they yeah, can. But, but
2: yeah, but what they're doing with the procedures, to be clear for everybody listening right now, just so they understand this, that what they've been doing is something they did not do when they were impeaching Bill Clinton or Richard Nixon. This is unprecedented. It's
3: unprecedented, but it's not it's if not you have illegal. a here's, here's I mean, what I say, not, if you
2: had a good case, you wouldn't have to do what they're doing. Well,
3: they that remains to be seen. If they have a good case, we haven't heard it yet. And uh, I, I would I would disagree frankly, with you on
2: that. Hold on. I would disagree with you on that. Let me explain why. I, I don't believe that they have a good case because their case has changed 86 different times. Eighty-six different reasons elected Democratic officials have given to impeach Donald Trump. Eighty-six different ones.
3: But they've never put articles of impeachment out yet. Nobody has put articles of impeachment until, until the next few weeks. Then we're going to have an impeachment. That will
2: be the first time that we have— But we, but we already know what it's about, we, you, we know what it's about, right? We know it is about Ukraine and this whistleblower. And, and what we understand about this whistleblower is a guy that worked for Brennan and Clapper, was groomed by them, worked with the Obama administration. There was hearsay on it. Then they changed the rules for the whistleblower. And we have the transcript of the phone call. This is This is a joke. Joke until it'll be a joke
3: when both parties get to question the witnesses under oath. And we all see what it is
2: but, but, that has but, but made But let's it let's be intellectually honest about this. You can you and I both agree on one thing here. It doesn't matter what they actually find. They've just already they've already decided that they are going to impeach Donald Trump. That's been decided since hours after he was elected. If you can't again to quote a top Democrat on Capitol Hill, who told me what they were saying behind closed doors when they met about impeachment, the, what the, the mantra was clear. We can't beat him, so impeach him. The montage that we played you of Democrats in our own words say that implies the same exact thing. We can't beat him, so we got to impeach him. They don't care what they find here. This is just reason number 86, and they decided to finally just say, screw it, let's go in on this one, and we're going to impeach him no matter what. If
3: they waited until this one, Maybe this is a really big one. If they wait, okay. Then let me. Then let me. I
2: I mean this sincerely. I'm trying to. I'm trying to have a sincere conversation with you about this. What what do you think the president did here that is impeachable?
3: I don't know because I have not been behind closed doors listening to this testimony. But there's there's not
2: some look. Everything behind closed doors gets leaked by the Democrats. Adam Schiff, he is the top leaker in Washington D.C. What has he leaked? Nothing. Leaked everything. I'm not right. That's my whole point. And after leaking everything, there is nothing. That's the point I'm making, Steve. There is nothing left. Everything has been leaked, and and we know what has been leaked. And there's nothing there. There is no is. There is no there there. There is no is is here. There is nothing here. It is literally reason eighty six that the Democrats have come out, including saying that the president should be impeached because he got elected, including saying he should be impeached because he sends out mean tweets. It they're doesn't matter what they case. find, Steve. They have the Democrats. They have gone They've gone to the edge of the of the plank and they're about to jump off the ship. And the only thing here, look at look at the president. He's at, talking about Mississippi. OK, great example. Mississippi is a state many believe, is a forgotten state. Look at Mississippi under Donald Trump. And I say this because he's going to be taking the stage in Tupelo. And and he said, look, over 20,000 jobs added under him. 3,000 new manufacturing jobs have been added. Last year, unemployment rate fell to a historic low of 4.7% in Mississippi. 100,000 Mississippians off of food stamps. You think people are going to give a rat's rear end about a phone call with Ukraine that they can read the transcript of, and you think they actually think there's some massive Whatever you want to call it here, scandal. No, they're smart. They're smart, and they will make the decision if this one is too much.
3: If this I, I, was again, there's that th-
2: th- again. I go back to the basic point I was making earlier, Steve. And I understand that you're excited about impeaching the president, and I hope you do it. Do it. I encourage you guys to do it, because all it's going to do is backfire in your face. Pelosi is trying to impeach the president to influence the 2020 elections and to try to say, see, this guy really does suck. We impeached him. That's what they're trying to do. And it's going to be a disaster, and I hope you guys do it. Do it quickly. Do it fast. I'm in favor of this. I want you to succeed. I want you to be able to do this. I want you to win. Please do it. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
0: So, I've been watching these riots around the country. I'm absolutely sickened. I'm sure most of you are. You know, John Locke once said Law is not to abolish or restrain, but to preserve and enlarge freedom. Where there's no law, there's no freedom. You want to let rioters burn down your cities? There goes your freedom. You want to get rid of cops? There goes your freedom. You want to elect Joe Biden? There goes your freedom. As you've heard me say many times, I have a liberty agenda. And at Levin TV, which airs on Blaze TV, You can watch this come to life with our conservative pro-American content that reveres our Constitution and champions our individual freedoms. This is what we do each and every day. And there's never been a better time to check us out. Just go to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-TV.com, and sign up today for a free 30-day trial. That's right, we're going to give you a full month of Levin TV and all the other great shows on Blaze TV at no cost to you. But only if you subscribe right now at LevinTV.com.
2: It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin, I'd love to keep up with you. Uh, and by the way, he'll be back with you on Monday. Uh, Washington Post is now reporting dun, 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 that there's a growing number of, quote, GOP senators who consider acknowledging Trump's quid pro quo with Ukraine, but they don't believe it is at the level of impeachment. And that is your reporting from the Washington Post. <laughs> that means they found one rhino Republican. And now they're reporting it as multiples, like it's like 50 percent or something. Forget great job numbers today. No, we're going to report that, you know, on the quid pro quo, because the average American really doesn't care about that. These unemployment numbers are, in, are historically unbelievable, and nobody in the mainstream media is covering it today. It's impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. The American people, I'm telling you, don't care. That's what these statistics are showing clearly in flyover country. And, and, and it's showing in these, in these battleground states that matter to win a presidential election. 50% above 50% say they don't care about impeachment. They don't like it. Keep it up, you idiots. I mean, look, look at the story that was yesterday everywhere on the news. Donald Trump tweets out a Photoshop picture of a dog. That everybody knew that had a brain that it was photoshopped of him getting the Medal of Honor. And then you had actual reporters acting like the president did, like it was an actual scandal. Investigating the origins of the picture, which went back to the Daily Wire. It was obvious it was a photoshop picture and it wasn't well done it was very clear and the president saw it loved it because this dog's amazing and literally was able to track down the number one terrorist in the world and he tweeted it out and then there's like "Ooh, we can get a scandal out of this donald trump he tweets out a photoshop picture of a dog that was in syria with getting a medal and then they trace it back to the original picture. and Then they try to turn it into controversy. Like, I wonder what the man who actually received this medal would think about his medal being photoshopped, him being photoshopped out, a dog being put in. That is what the media was working on yesterday. Keep it up because the American people don't care. Like, like genuinely, keep it up. Please, keep it up. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. I want to get to your phone calls. Let me go to Dennis. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. How are you? Dennis, you there? I am. Howdy, sir. Hi. How are you? I'm good. We're not on air yet, are we? You're
7: on the air. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Ben, first of all, you're doing a great job filling in an awfully big pair of shoes. Congratulations. Thank okay. you, brother. Also, I pray you're right about this impeachment scandal, a a terrible move by Democrats to unseat a president that they cannot defeat uh, in the election in 2020. I hope it does lead to the biggest landslide victory for Trump ever. You know, let us pray. Now, I just have one quick thing for you, because you're on break. This is breaking news, and it's hard for you guys to get this live. But given that Elizabeth Warren was more slippery than Floyd Mayweather, (laughs) When it came to setting out how she's going to pay for Medicare for all. She now has a, a plan that is so specific that it will do two things, Ben. It will guarantee her nomination as the Democratic nominee, and it will guarantee her defeat at the polls. Does she not remember Walter Mondale?
2: It, it the the amount of money, the, do me a favor, I, I want to continue this conversation, so hold on for me, we got we, we to take a hard break here, we'll come back, we'll continue the conversation. Uh, I, I, I You bring up an interesting point, the amount of money it's going to cost for Medicare for all would bankrupt this country, like absolutely bankrupt it. You implement this thing and we are bankrupt. 43% sales tax is what it would take to cover it on everything you buy. Mark Levin's show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back.
7: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
2: All right, welcome. It is our three Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson tonight filling in for the great one. He'll be back with you on Monday. Are you ready to go broke? Oh, by the way, Beto Rourke's out of the race. All right, that's just like, I feel like that's all the news I should actually give it, Mr. Producer. Do you kind of agree with me? It's just like, I, I mean, it's like, okay, he's gone, next. Like, he's gone. It's just, he's just gone. A socialist goes down. Shocker. Socialist doesn't win. Shocker. Now, let's talk about the job report numbers for a second. Because no one wants to talk about this, but it, it, at least in the media... And the left, they're they're crazy and they don't want to talk about this. But the numbers are the numbers. You have a 3.6% unemployment rate in this country. Lowest level since 1969. New record low unemployment for African Americans at 5.4%. No one wants to talk about that. 128,000 jobs added, blowing past expectations. And a 3% wage growth over the last year alone, which no one wants to talk about. Why? why, I mean, I would say the Democrats beat that. Well, they can't. That's why they're going to impeachment. And then everybody needs to talk about the real issue here that's going on, and that is uh, Elizabeth Warren wants to pay for Medicare for All with a $9 trillion tax that will hit the middle class like we've never been hit before. Warren says it's, quote, not a tax. What else would you call a requirement that employers send money to the federal government to finance a socialist government program than a tax. Now, for months, Elizabeth Warren has been hedging her bets on the question of whether she would raise middle-class taxes to pay for Medicare for All. We all know she's going to have to do that. This socialized health care plan that she came out with would bankrupt this country. She's not told us how she was going to pay for it. One way she would be able to pay for this would be to have a 43% sales tax. And she's stuck with these talking points saying, well, we'll get to that later, but don't worry, it'll be fine. And critics, critics and even her political rivals, and, and, and Mr. Producer, will you grab Joe Biden again? We play this in the first hour. Of Joe Biden calling out Elizabeth Warren saying, you can't do this idea. What you're advocating for would bankrupt this country. You can't do it. Even her own political rivals are saying, woman, you're crazy. Listen to this.
4: The, the tax of 2% that the Senator's talking about, that raises about $3 billion. Guess what? That leaves you about $28 billion short. The senator said before it's going to cost you in your pay. There will be a deductible in your paycheck. You're going to The middle class person, someone making 60 grand with three kids, they're going to end up paying $5,000 more. They're going to end up paying 4% more on their income tax. That's a reality. Now, it's not a bad idea. If you like it, I don't like it.
2: At least he's being honest. Now, she's been, you know, these, these Bidens and others, even liberal economists who are friendly to single payer, have urged that this enormous government spending that, would re, that, that she's wanting to require would, would destroy the middle class. So what do you have? You have Elizabeth Warren today that releases this plan to finance Medicare for all at a total price tag of nearly 52 trillion dollars including about $20 trillion of new government spending, an estimate that is probably low, because they always lie to you, the same way they lied to you about Obamacare. Remember Obamacare when they said if you like your plan, you can keep your plan? If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor? This is going to save American lives. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And then what was it? What? Bernie Sanders, who, who, who advocated and supported Obamacare, and I warned you about this, gosh, almost 10 years ago now. I warned you that Obamacare was never created to work. It was just created to get us closer to socialized medicine. What was it that Bernie Sanders said recently? Do you remember this? Recently. Recently, he came out and said that that Obamacare was like cruel. It was like cruel and evil what it did to the American people. Well, dude, you're the guy that advocated for it. You're the guy that passed it. Goes back to what I've been saying for a long time. Never trust these guys. When, when Nancy Pelosi said, we don't know what's in until we pass it. She was, that would maybe be the truest statement she's had in her entire political career. Genuinely, maybe the most honest thing she's ever said. So you go back to this Elizabeth Warren plan that she has here, and she was hedging her bets that no one would ask her any questions, and now all of her, once she became the front runner, and now she's back, I guess, in second place, she released this financial baggage of medicare for all and the price tag is 52 trillion including 20 trillion of new government spending and that number i'm telling you is going to be a lie now her plan quote declares no middle class taxes will be necessary to finance the system which is also a lie it includes what is effectively a new tax on all employers that would undoubtedly hit the middle class americans now, she, she comes out and says, quote, Today, American health care is financed by a mix of public and private payers under our single-payer system. Me and Bernie Sanders have come up with, called Medicare for All, virtually all health care spending would instead run through the federal government because that works so well at the VA. Right now, Warren's plan says employers would spend about $9 trillion a decade on health insurance coverage, Her plan aims to move the private spending into the federal budget. So it would make it illegal for you to have private health care regardless of how much money you have. Now, under her plan, large employers who currently pay for health care coverage would be required to pay a comparable amount equivalent to 98% of what they pay now adjusted for the number of workers they employ in order to help finance Medicare for all. So that's going to be a tax on everyone. Now, she doesn't call it a tax because if you're a Democrat, you're probably just lying. If you're a Democrat talking about health care, you're definitely lying. She even claimed, quote, we don't need to raise taxes on the middle class by one penny to finance Medicare for all. That's just a lie. Now, she refers to this as an employer Medicare contribution under which companies would send... Payments to the federal government for Medicare. Well, if you have a massive liability that comes to you as an employer, what do you think you're going to do to pay that bill? You're going to take away money that you would have given to the employee. This is a tax on the middle class. You're going to make less money because your employer is forced to pay nearly $9 trillion in payroll taxes. Uh, a, A head tax is what some have called it for small businesses. Joe Biden and other Democratic presidential candidates were right when they said this is going to be a massive tax on everyone, including the middle class. You can say you, that it's not, but it is. You're a liar. It's, this is just a lie. You're a liar. That You're a pathological liar. one 877 381 381 3811. I want to go back to Dennis. Uh, we were talking before the break. I mean, you, you see this new plan, and she tries to tell you that this isn't going to be raising taxes on the middle class. This oh is going God. to be raising taxes on the middle class.
7: It's going, there's no choice because, given the sheer numbers that she has so earnestly pointed out, Ben, there's no way she can afford to raise taxes on only the very rich. Here's a quick figure that illustrates my point. If the rich, if you were to tax all earnings over $1 million a year per person among the top 1%, all of their earnings over $1 million per person, all you get is $600 billion. She wants to spend over $2 trillion extra per year in taxes. I've got some figures, Ben. This is stunning, and I hope it ensures a landslide reelection for Donald Trump. It's $34 trillion that she would spend on this health care in 10 years. That's $3.4 trillion per year. Our government now on everything spends $4 trillion. Okay, she also wants to raise taxes, $20 trillion, But then here's the most pernicious and disturbing part of her plan. She, now, some people go to a company because they have great health care benefits they're willing to earn a lower salary because their company will pay them more in that health care coverage. Elizabeth Warren, greedy Lizzie Ben Ferguson wants to seize 9 trillion dollars a year that government that that companies would be spending on those benefits over the next 10 years and take direct control of it in the government and decide how that's spent. And yet, Bingo. I went to a company for better
2: benefits. How right, and then and then the, and, then the benef- and this bill also would make it literally illegal for me to buy private health insurance, even if I'm a billionaire.
7: Exactly, because when government wants a monopoly, it needs to outlaw any other kind of competition. Even when governments locally start approving pot for recreational use, they start cracking down more on Ill, on, on black market use because now it's a tax revenue
2: thing. But they this know, here, here's, a, here's the government. part about this that people need to truly, truly understand. This is, when, when the government makes the private sector being in a business literally illegal, that is the first red flag that you should run away from whatever it is they're proposing, and that is exactly what's happening here. they, they, they They are literally saying, we are going to dictate to you, this is what socialism, communism looks like and feels like. We will make it illegal for you to make a decision. We will take away your freedom, and we will force you into submission, and we will mandate something on you. You can no longer pick your doctors. You can no longer buy private health insurance. You have no rights when it comes to your health care. You will see the doctor we tell you to see. You will have the coverage we tell you you can have, and we will take a you-know-what amount of money from you to make this happen, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. That is what socialism looks and feels like. Absolutely. And, and, and then they create the crisis, and then they have
7: extra reason to pass all kinds of draconian tax on, uh, increases on top of it. Yeah. You're going Dennis... to. And, and, and this is an incredible thing she's done putting out this so, so specifically. Remember when Mondale, running against Reagan re election, said, You know what? I'm going to raise your taxes, and so will he. It's just that I admitted it, and we all thought. Mondale, you're so honest. That's so up, straight up of you. And then we gave Reagan one of the bigger landslides in history. Let's, I hope that happens
2: this time. I appreciate it. Hey, Dennis, nice to talk to you, brother. Great to talk to you. Great job tonight for the great one. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. one 3811 Let me go to uh, – actually, uh, Matthew, hold on. I'll come back to you in a second. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark- All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He'll be back with you on Monday. On a little side note, uh, so Lori Laughlin, she's that mom from Full House. I, I feel like we need to send her an award for, like, Idiot of the Year. She just pled not guilty to new charges in the college admission scandal. I genuinely, I rarely like advocate for or or, or want people to go to prison unless they've done like a heinous crime, like drug crimes, gun crimes, murder, crimes, you know, against children. Yes. Throw the book at them. But like this whole thing, I'm like, how much money are we really spending dealing with a bunch of Hollywood people? But I like them getting busted. I really did. You know, like paying to get their kids' grades changed. Paying to get their kids into schools they, they shouldn't have gotten into. Ch- you know, having other people take tests for them. Th- those, are, those are things that, honestly, when I saw it, I'm like, good. I'm glad some of these, these, these liberal whack jobs in, are getting busted for this. That, that was what I really believed, okay? I liked it. Now, with all that being said... When you see some of these people going to jail, I'm like, all right, throw them in there for a couple days. Like, I really do hope that that this Lori woman, I hope just just the pure arrogance of like, nope, not going to plead guilty. Nope, not going to admit it. I hope they throw her butt in jail for like at least a year. Just as an example, like, all right, you want to play this game? Watch this. That's a little side note on that story. All right, I want to get back to your phone calls. Um, we have a plan now from Elizabeth Warren, how she's going to pay for this Medicare for all. Medicare for all, it's a $9 trillion tax that will hit the middle class, although she says it won't hit the middle class. She's a liar. We now know the dollars. There's no way this would not hit the middle class. It's impossible for it not to hit literally almost everyone. If you basically have a job and you pay taxes, if you make any amount of money, this you're, you, this is it. Like, you're going to pay a ton of money, and it's socialized medicine, and it takes away your ability to do anything you want to do, so just flat out get ready for it, because this is what it is, just, just be prepared, if, the, if you've got any cash, they're going to take it all away from you, so just get ready for it, I'm just telling you right now. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me get back to your phone calls, Matthew. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi, how you doing? Good, uh, sir.
9: I think I think like the night after the uh, the most recent debate, I went to Warren dot com, and if you open up information LGBT, there's links, pages of information, and I opened up the middle class because I'm a registered Democrat, and other than 2012, because we were a little distracted with uh. Hurricane Sandy. I voted, you know, uh, Democratic. So, but if you open up anything regarding the middle class, which nobody really tends to run on, you know, um, there's like a paragraph, and now, now I understand why this information is so incomplete. And there must have been a memo or something that I missed because I sent money to the DNC to share with my, you know, holding my nose. I've been to two. I've contributed to two different campaigns like I'm a real legitimate democrat voter. And there must have been a memo about being inside this bubble and we're going to lie to everybody and if you're not on board with this then you're automatically a Trump supporter. I at one point I had a Bernie Sanders t-shirt on um because I was really into Sanders information a lot of things, not 100%. You know that's another conversation. But
2: but, but you I let me a, ask you this you look at these numbers and I and I mean this like are you willing to pay a 43% sales tax to get free quote free, which it's not free if you're paying a 43% sales tax and not by all the other taxes you're paying for you to get socialized medicine where you can't choose your doctor, your plan, uh, or any, you lose all power. Are you willing to pay that as a Democrat?
9: No, no. I I, I think governor Cuomo was even on record. I think I'm not sure if it was today, you know, saying that how, how awful
2: this is going to be.
9: You know, I, I can't. It won't happen. You know, um, I, I most likely will not be voting Democratic for a long time. I'll never forgive this party. You said our liberals listening, and we are, and I think you're gaining a wider uh, audience. I'll never forgive this party. I've uh, shake Chuck Schumer's hand several times. He gets up and he lies to the American people every single day from Capitol Hill for this party narrative first, and it's disgusting. It's nauseating. And I can't wait let for me Let me
2: ask end. you a, one other question. Are you in favor of what's going on with this impeachment stuff? I, I, yes or no?
9: Absolutely not. It, it's a sham. It's a sham.
2: And oh, you're no. a Democrat who's giving money to the DNC. Yeah, yeah I, 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 and it's a complete... I, I, I mean this sincerely, Matthew, from Long Island. God bless you for being a guy that's willing to look at the facts. Come on over. We'd love to have you. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Ferguson Show. We'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin, the modern voice of the founding fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877 381
2: 3811. By the way, if you are uh, someone that loves this idea of Elizabeth Warren socialized medicine, I mean this, call me. I, I really want you to defend it. Because what we know about this health care plan is, and she's even admitting it would kill 2 million plus jobs. It's a $52 trillion plan that would raise taxes on everyone. Quality of care will definitely suffer. This is a terrible plan for the American people that I think the American people actually don't want. Now, you may disagree, and we can have that debate. But I believe that the majority of Americans think this is a terrible idea. I think the majority of people think this is really something dumb that should never happen. Now you you may disagree with me, and and we can have that debate. And you can tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show. You can send me a message on Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. there. filling in for the great one tonight. He'll be back with you on Monday. 1-877-381-3811. 1-877-381-3811. I want to get back to your phone calls now. Uh, Elizabeth Warren's plan is out there. It's it's going to cost you. Uh, you know, I mean, the amount of money we're talking about here is. Nine trillion tax that would hit the middle class straight up. It's a fifty-two trillion dollar plan in general. Warren has, has shied away from calling it a tax. She she said we don't need to raise taxes. Yes, you do. It's it's nine trillion that will fall on American workers immediately. It would cost two million two million American jobs. And some analysts have even warned that companies would have strong incentives to just say, okay, no full-time. It's going to hurt American workers. For comparison, by the way, the CBO, Congressional Budget Office, says that increasing IRS enforcement by 35% would generate $55 billion in revenue over a decade. Warren is counting on 40 times that. She claims that, well, if we have better enforcement of the existing laws, that somehow she, she estimates these measures would generate... $2.3 $2.3 trillion in additional federal revenue without, quote, requiring the imposing any new taxes. So she's basically just pulling the stuff out of her socialist rear end. I want you to listen to what Kudlow had to say. Uh, and, Mr. Producer, if you got that ready, let me know, because it's a great point he made today about this and about these taxes. Take a listen to Kudlow. I think it would be devastating to the economy. I mean, this idea of Medicare for all and the so-called Green
1: New Deal and other proposals I've heard, uh, I don't want to get into politics and
2: policy grounds. This would have a devastating, catastrophic effect, would probably take out as much as 15 to 20 percent of our entire GDP. The last part there, the, uh, Ms. Perdue, can you just back that up like to the very end of that when he talks about how much of our GDP It would take out. Here it is. This would have a devastating, catastrophic effect. Would probably take out as much as 15 to 20 percent of our entire GDP. So let's do it, right? Because this is, I mean, and if you think about it, socialism is only palatable if you have a disaster in the economy. People go to socialism when things are bad, not when things are good. So if you do this and it turns things into a horrific, horrific decision, it turns things into a total disaster. So I guess that's why you do it now. You do it for that reason. You, you go all in on it. Because it's a great idea if you, if you take away everybody's uh, incentive to work, to save money, you take away all their cash, you have a massive tax increase, a 43% sales tax, or whatever it is you're going to do to pull this crap off. This is victory. This is what I guess victory looks like for them. Bankrupt the country, then take total control of the country, tell people you stop the hurting and the bleeding, and then you just go full-blown socialist one 3811 3811 Let me get to your phone calls now. Uh, I will go to Mike. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Hello. How are you, Mike? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Give I me your take.
5: To, uh, I want to talk about this uh, impeachment problem and uh, other legal problems that Mr. Trump has. Sure, go. Mr. Trump Mr. Trump's has an explosive tendency to disregard the law, and you guys—you, Mark Levine, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh—you guys are enabling him to do that.
2: This uh, how, how did he break the law? I deal with facts, so you're going to have to—you're going to have to factually tell me.
5: When when the man said to the ICE people that you guys shoot people in their legs, and I will pardon you. Okay? That's a violation of the law.
2: Okay, first of all, he, that was not actual policy. Second of all, that was hearsay. He, I mean, you're now that's not an impeachable offense, my friend. No, no, I'm not talking about the I'm talking about this is one of them. But you guys are... But the, now, hold on, that's, that's not an impeachable offense. You can't overthrow a government because of a hearsay comment that you claim was said that many have denied was ever said. Do you, be, do you believe that you guys have comp- I, I don't know why you say you guys. First of all, uh, Mark Levin speaks for himself, Rush Limbaugh speaks for himself. Sean Hannity speaks for himself. I speak for myself. It's not like we all get on a phone call in the morning and we go, Okay, guys, what are we all gonna say today? That's not how this works. When you when you have when you have brilliant minds, they come up with their own ideas. You do understand that. We're the opposite of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party has talking points. Let's all go socialist today. Let's all hate guns today. Let's all yell impeachment today. Let's all say the sky is falling today. We don't do that. Well, I have
5: to, to respectfully disagree with that because... I. Well, then I give really me an agree.
2: example. Give me an example where all of us well, say, well, the, say well, the same thing about anything on a single day. Like, this is, the, this is the crap that you guys come up with, and I laugh because it's literally what the Democratic Party does. The Democratic Party comes out with Donald Trump bad, impeach. Health care, private health care bad, socialize it. We don't do that. You guys do. Let me ask you, I'm Listen. Do you believe
5: at all that this man has done anything wrong
2: since he was president?
5: Anything.
2: Are you saying legally? Legally, morally, whatever. Anything this man has done wrong. I don't. Okay. well, here's a couple of different things you need to understand. All right. Even my own mother doesn't agree with everything that I say on this show or I believe it. Do I think Donald Trump is batting a thousand? No. I, I don't, and by the way, I've made mistakes in policy as well. I think a great example is what happened recently in Syria. I would have handled it differently. Do, does that mean that I think he should be out of office? No. Did George Bush do everything perfect? No. Did Ronald Reagan do everything perfect? No. So the idea that that I can't that that Donald Trump I, I can't disagree with him. Again, we're Republicans as conservatives. We are individual thinkers. We don't walk around like zombies uh, saying "Kumbaya, Kumbaya, Kumbaya." We're not socialists. We, we we can disagree with one another on policy issues. Do I think that Donald Trump's done anything that is immoral or corrupt as president and his policies that would make him be something that he should be impeached for? Absolutely not. But as an independent thinker, I don't believe that the president's going to do everything I want him to do on every single day.
5: That's what I'm getting at, that you guys... must. So I that. go
2: back to the basic point. The basic question I asked you at the very beginning, okay? And again, you keep saying you guys. I, I know this is hard for you to understand because as a liberal, you guys have been indoctrinated and in thought that you can't think for yourselves, you must toe the party line, which is exactly what socialists do in Russia and in, in, in other places like that. We are individual thinkers. We have our own ideas, okay? You need to understand this. We have our own ideas,
5: I you know, but you contact-
2: So so I'll go back to the basic question. Name something factual, not emotional, okay? Not I, I truly believe that your feelings have been hurt by Donald Trump. That I believe. Name something factual, actual, that the president has done that is an impeachable offense, and I am willing to listen to you come up with it, ready go. Sure.
5: One of the things that he has done, this transcript is not a verbatim of the conversation. And itself, it says that. That's not what people Why say that have heard, that heard
2: the phone call. They say that it is actual. You've Why been contradicted not? on that.
5: No, it is not. Why doesn't he let the nation to listen to the conversation?
2: He already released a transcript.
5: No, 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 no. no. Transcript on the face of it said this is not a verbatim.
2: Uh, there, again, there, there's a Washington post guy today. day. I, I think it was a New York times of the post that said that the, there was another person on the call that was going to say that the transcript was unaccurate, accurate, And then they actually, it was a complete opposite of that. And he said, uh-huh. no, the transcript is accurate. So you're now, again, you you're, you're making crap up again and I'm not going to let you get away with it. I'm going to call you out on it. All right. Well, uh, I, I understand. I, I understand the mantra. I, you guys get on a phone call, I guess, every morning. Is peons the Democratic leadership, and they say orange man is bad, and you guys go out there and you try to tell everybody that orange man is bad. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I know. All I right. can... Are we done here? Can we move on?
5: I know I can't convince you. So uh... I,
2: it's not about convincing me. It's about I deal with facts. Okay. Uh, you haven't given me anything factual. Everything you've said is re- comes down to the basic issue, which is orange man is bad.
5: No. What, do you mean? what, what, what about orange man? I'm, I'm not worrying about the color of his skin or anything like that. I, I mean, this is
2: the Democratic Party, though. You guys don't have anything to back it up with. Well, we do. We do, and you, no, know, but, and you But you don't. I just asked you for it, and you didn't give me anything except for the fact that you don't like Donald Trump and that Donald Trump is mean. That's not a reason to impeach somebody. If you want to beat him, beat him in the elections. But you guys can't beat him. And that's the reason why your mantra for the Democratic Party is if you can't beat him, impeach him. You guys have given 86 different reasons why you want to impeach Donald Trump. Some of them have included he was mean tweets. He's a mean tweeter, so we should impeach him for that. You don't get to overthrow a government because you lost an election. I did not like Donald Trump. Just kidding. Barack Obama is what I meant to say. I did not like him. But I never said we should impeach him because I didn't like him. But let me ask you a question. I respected the will of the people for eight years. For eight years, I did not like the policies of Barack Obama. But I never said overthrow a government because I don't like the guy.
5: You're wrong with the impeachment. Then when it actually takes place, we're going to fall on our face, Right.
2: Look, I think the best thing that ever happened to to Donald Trump's re-election campaign is you guys doing impeachment. Go look at my tweet. I tweeted out on the September the 24th that that you guys were idiots for doing this, and it was the day that Donald Trump got re-elected. Because people understand overthrowing a government is not a policy that people really want to go down that road. People do not want to go down that road. They don't want to do it.
5: But according to you, we're going to be unsuccessful in doing so.
2: No, y'all will impeach him in the House. That's a given. You have the votes to do it. I mean, have no doubt you'll, you'll accomplish that. And the Senate's going to stop it, and then it's going to go down to Election Day. And you guys have written a check that you can't cash, and it's going to be amazing when it blows up in your face.
5: We'll see about it. Thank you so much for taking the call.
2: Enjoy the conversation. One eight one eight seven seven. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back.
1: Mark Levin.
2: You know, if there's any good thing that came out of the Friday news, it is that I pretty much don't have to talk about Beto O'Rourke ever again, and no, you're not going to come able to get my guns. Beto O'Rourke has dropped out of the presidential race. Mr. Producer, can I get a hell yeah for that? Like, but can we remind people of how crazy Beto O'Rourke was? Do we have the hell yes, we're going to take away your AR-15? Hell can, yes, we're going to take your AR-15, yeah. your AK-47. <laughs> we're not going to allow Yeah, yeah, that I'm yeah you're not going to like no no hell hell no you're not going to take my AR fifteen. Just just one more time just because I want everybody listening right now to just enjoy this moment. Enjoy this. Just sit back in your car and put a big smile on your face because this guy dropped out of the presidential race who said he was gonna come take your AR fifteen. Here it is one more time. Hell, yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. <laughs> we're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans. Oh. I just, I, I love it. I, I do. I, I love it. Someone just, someone just tweeted at me. They said, Ben Ferguson, don't you, don't you own a, gu- a gun store? I do. I, I own a gun store, yes. Bet- Beto O'Rourke were salesman of the month last month for, for AR-15s. We sold more AR-15s last month because the Beto O'Rourke claiming he's going to come take them away than any other time since we've been open. It's true. It's true, we did. He was our, he was our salesman of the, he was employee of the month. Beto was. He was amazing for business. We had a beto we did. we had a Beto special. There was a, you know you misproduced. you saw the other gun store that did that. We did it too. I was like, screw it. It's a great idea. We'll sell, We'll sell an AR Beto AR15 like we, and we did. We sold the crap out of them. It was amazing. All right, let me get back to your phone calls. I am. I'm a talk show that owns a gun store. You can't make that up, can you? Let me go to uh da-da-da-da-da. let me go to Matt. Thanks for waiting. You are on The Marco Levin Show Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hello. Hey, thank you, Ben. Hey, um uh,
7: as far as Better O'Rourke goes, uh the national socialists of this country don't want Better O'Rourke. The people of Texas don't want Better O'Rourke. So I suggest that he cross his open border and head to Mexico, but although he is not Mexican, he does play a Latino on So
2: that's um, true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, didn't James Comey? I was in Nashville for a politicon talking last week, and James Comey said if Donald Trump wins again, he'll move to like I don't know some. Where, where do you say he was going to move to, Mr. Producer? New, what, like I New Zealand. Like, New Zealand, move to- yeah. And I'm like, what's stopping you now? Yeah, please like, don't. I'll I'll Take all the other people with you. But um, I mean, I mean, like really, leave. I, no one's stopping you, bro. He's back. the president now. He's going to be the president next time. Like it's just. By all means, James, clap. And, and this is this is what crybabies sound like. Like, I'm going to take my toys, and I'm going to go home, and you're not going to be invited to my birthday party next year. Like, I don't care. And New No Zealand one's stopping you.
8: New Zealand might be a non-extradition country, so it might be good.
2: Um, the reason I called is um, I think it's pretty evident through the rules that the Democrats have adopted for this Matt, Matt, we got a terrible connection. Let's see if we can get a better one with you. In the meantime, we me get back to your phone calls. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Robert in Charleston, South Carolina. You are on the Marco Vin Show. Ben Ferguson, with you. Hi. Hi,
4: Mr. Ferguson, it's nice to meet you. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, here in Charleston, South Carolina, um, a lot of the new jobs that we have are, are not particularly high-paying jobs. A lot of them are, you know, in uh, retail sales, I, I think, for the most part, also in restaurants and that kind of thing, which don't pay a lot of money either. I, I, I It would be nice if we could get some research and development jobs because they would be the highest paying. We have a lot of new jobs in the northern part of the of the area. Um, we're actually well north of, of, well, in North Charleston and, and, and north of that. Um, we have the Volvo factory, which is very nice. But on the other hand, those are production jobs. They pay about $30 an hour, which is very nice, too. But it would be nice if we could get some research and development jobs. And, you know, I mentioned it to, to all of the politicians in the area. I guess they're working on it, but I guess they're so Look, wrong.
2: this is one thing about the president, Robert. He's doing everything he can to get those jobs back to this country, the jobs that the other guy, Barack Obama said, would never come back. I am out of time. Uh, It's been great being with you. Love to keep up with you. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show on Facebook and Twitter. The great one, Mark Levin, will be back with you on Monday. Have a...
7: From the Westwood
6: One Podcast Network.